Hey, this is Ox Return. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, we have uh, Chris from Human Barbie in to chat about recording and play a couple songs from his uh, record uh, released just this past fall. Um, what song are we going to jump into first here? Uh, my first song is called Fantasy, spelled with an I-E at the end. And this is new. It's not on the album, but, oh. uh, you know, you awesome. have to keep growing. Every day. This is Human Barbie on Ox Return. He never saw it coming The bullet from behind A soft angel calling Erasure of mine With nothing to remember But the color of her hair And life's fleeting ember Painted everywhere Everywhere Sailing on an ocean Sparkling light Never to awaken Forever goodbye Goodbye We forgot he was a man like me And you wouldn't even speak his name Delivered him of everything, my dear Never could it feel the same <laughs> Beside him, immaculately clean, a pitiless reminder never to be seen, never seen. If it got he was a man like me and you. Wouldn't even speak his name We delivered him of everything My dear Never could it feel the same Awesome. So first off, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having thanks me. Thanks for making it. Yeah, you know, I, 
I know we're finally kind of coming out of some of this stuff, so you know, it's nice to finally get off, get this going again. Oh, it's good Speaking to be here. quickly here. What? Speaking quickly here. What do you mean? Are we com- we're coming off? We're we're getting off the ride. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm getting off. The, I'm not. Getting, a, I'm not a theorist, so no, I, yeah, we can't. We can't speculate like that. Oh, oof. Well, okay, fine. I wasn't speculating at all. But, <laughs> so you've been busy, right? Uh, so what's been going on? Uh, I've been making myself busy uh, for mental health purposes, and it's working. Um, you know, I put out a record last year with uh, my friends at Poor Man Records. It was an amazing experience, and we're still sharing the music. Um, I've been recording new stuff, and crucially, uh, my friend Justin and I are making a, a cinematic companion to the album that is still underway. So it's like a video to go with every song on the entire album. We put three of them out. Um, there are six left to go. Um, they'll be coming out throughout the spring and the summer. So. Awesome. Yeah, I watched a couple of them. Uh, they're they're all available on YouTube, yeah? Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's called The Life of Ed, and it's with my friends Justin and Ed. Um, yeah. Super cool. Everybody should go check that out if you get the chance. Um, so I've spent, I've spent the last couple of weeks listening to the record Get a Life uh, released uh, this past fall. Um, and I, like... I'm blown away uh, after talking with you. We kind of, I told Matt, you know, don't talk too much <laughs> before we get started here. But we ended up talking way too much. And now we have to like go back over what we are, we've already talked about. But um, yeah, just so you know, all the laughs that we're going to have about anything that sounds new, like, oh my God, that's crazy. It's all fake. <laughs> <laughs> this is literally scripted. Yeah. Uh, well, at this point now. But we are live streaming on YouTube, just to put that plug out there. Hmm. Right. The scripted, the, the scripted performance is now streaming. Um, but uh, I, was, I was remarking on the, uh, whether, whether or not this record was done to tape, and uh, it was revealed to us that, yes, it was done uh, on a 16-track machine uh, that resides in your apartment. Absolutely. There's one picture of it on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a Fostex. A Fostex B16. I uh, inherited it from an awesome friend, and it sat lifeless for 10 years. Um, hmm. and, and it was in total working condition by the time uh, it came to you? Oh, completely. And I, I tried to do some stuff on it with, like, old tape, and I quickly realized, oh, this is useless unless I want a worthless lo-fi effect on certain tracks totally yeah it's it's not it's not amazing you know how much of a difference you know new tape can can make it seems obvious um but we all do it we've done it in our youth and continue (laughs) to do it today well see i mean the worthless tape thing i think that was that comes with just i think we were still part of that last medium or last generation of we didn't have a computer just to record on you know initially as kids so what you you found the cassette tape and you plugged something into it and then oh wow i'm able to record onto this like you know what i mean i'm i had that experience yeah no i I think what was your experience chris Uh, as a kid man 
I didn't. I started recording in college, and I think I got like a pirated version of Fruity Loops. Um, and so I became interested, like fascinated with tape later on after I'd been kind mm-hmm. of making unlistenable music in the box for a long time. So it was it was in from it was in the computer from the start. Exactly. Like your introduction was in the computer. Yeah, I mean, like I think I always wished, you know, I could record more than two channels in, <laughs> in a computer. That that was not the in, the internal microphone, but um did well I mean, I remember my my friend and I. We we thought we were really. We, he had a laptop, and I had a laptop, and we both had one microphone. So we would use one laptop in one room, put the other laptop in the other room for the room mic. Yes, and then just blend the two <laughs> audio tracks together in no phasing I think issues, a, <laughs> like no syncing issues. Amazingly, the the copy of Acid Pro that we had from LimeWire. <laughs> 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 didn't have any problems with it. <laughs> so, I mean, that's literally how I made this album. <laughs> uh, tell tell us about the process with the with the Fostex and like kind of run run that down for us. I'm super interested to hear how this record was put together. Yeah, I with a previous project called The Fuzzy Crystals, we had done an album with a producer named Gus Seifert, and he has an analog dream world in his studio. Um, It's all the tape. We tracked live, punched everything in full band, mixed it live, and I kind of caught the bug. Partially because it sounds like super cool, but more that the workflow on tape caused everyone to elevate their musicianship to new levels. And I mean, speaking just for myself, like I'd never experienced because each roll of tape is $300. Um, and it, every second that goes by, you're like, Oh my God, that, that was like $6 <laughs> <laughs> or something. Right. Um, and so you really need to play well. And then punching since you, you're not, making playlists and you're not editing together and like comping takes if you think you can do better you lose what was ever what was there right mm-hmm. um forever and so i think that was the defining that was like the defining aspect of the human barbie album is punching my own like if like a guitar take was 85% or 90%, I, I was like, no, it, I, it has to be magical. So I'll sit here for four hours destroying whatever was there before until I'm completely happy with what is on this, on this tape right now. So on this, on this one, then how many, so you did do more takes on this one than than you did on the on the other one with the the, the two inch the, the two, two inch, inch record exactly yeah we did like a little bit of like punching in, on the fuzzy crystals album this one um I was pretty OCD and it was just me in my apartment and it was hot and like my door was like balsa woods <laughs> and it's in 
I was in Koreatown. So there are all these environmental like deadlines mm -hmm. everywhere. Um, and so if I would get like the perfect like chimes take and then a siren, like a cop yeah. car would drive by, I had to redo the whole thing. Or uh, if it's daylight, there's a leaf blower. Just as soon as you arm the tape, <laughs> the leaf blower comes. Exactly. It's uh, the leaf blower button. Yeah. That's <laughs> but on the on the the fuzzy crystals record, how many takes did you norm? How many takes did you guys do on that? And were you tracking live mostly? Tracking together, tracking live together as a band, um, and so we would do like one or two versions of the song, three at most, and then mm -hmm. at at most maybe like splice the first half of one and the second half of another, and then fix a couple bass notes, mm -hmm. you know, and then overdubs and. So it was it, it had a lot more of like the live magic to it, whereas Human Barbie is more of a hybrid, like self-produced mm -hmm. OCD, mm -hmm. but it also has like the immediacy of everything that you hear is like a real thing that I squeezed out of myself mm -hmm. or. Um, and I, if 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 you're on just the podcast alone on the video you'll see the i see the the remote because i have a similar remote of you saying going back going back going back that he's with the hand showing then rewind uh that's muscle memory yeah like punching your own vocals recording your own vocals is already kind of psycho and like it's not for everyone mm -hmm. um and then punching into a take you like but you don't love is one of the most terrifying things <laughs> sure. imaginable. <laughs> yeah. Would you you wouldn't do that like you wouldn't go in and punch in just for mid phrase, right? You oh, would yeah. go in you would? And the Oh my god. The remote has a lag, so yeah. you'd have to punch just a little before you want you'd have to punch on top of audio you wanted to keep like a quarter of a second or something. How many how Living many takes did you did you did it take to find that out? I mean, well, what was lost? I gotta say, uh, yeah. Were there many many uh, jumped guns? Yeah, it, like I developed a a sense for it eventually, <laughs> yeah. and I'm sure, like in the sure. 80s or whatever, like people were good at that. But yeah. I was kind of rediscovering it for the first time. Well, I mean, you know, you've you've heard people talk about the tape machine's almost another instrument in in the studio, you know. So totally. But yours has another. We, we found out about it before. We we talked too much before, but like you have an actual idiosyncrasy with the tape machine, the the physicality of of it that isn't exactly the the tape head issue. Oh yeah, it's not like a normal. Most tape machines, I have a playback, I have three heads, erase, playback, and, and repro. I think, like, it's 50-50. Like, some, yeah, like, 50-50, it's not all tape heads. Okay, well, they don't know yet. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, one erases whatever's there, one prints onto new stuff onto the tape, and then one plays it back. But my repro and record head are on the same... On the same on stack. The, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you don't know what happened until you're done and you go back and listen. Right. Which is, I, I love the, uh, the living on the edge, you know, part of that. And I mean, like, that's, 
that's how records have always been made in the past. And there's some sort of magic that comes with making a commitment in in the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that workflow so much. And even if I'm working just in Pro Tools now, I kind of don't make playlists unless it's for certain things. I'll just like control Z it. And I know it's still there somewhere, but I literally never go and find it mm-hmm. and, and bring it back. I just undo, undo. So that way there's just like one track, just like on the tape machine. You don't have to edit. It's just, this is what I have. You can, uh, you can disable or you can set your undo history to zero. So you can't like bring anything back. I should do that. <laughs> cause then, cause always in my mind, I'm like, well, I could if I really needed to. And yeah. I know, you know, there's a safety net. Right. Well, there you go. Maybe Pro Tools expert will, will teach us. Um, let's, uh, let's jump into another tune. But I, and when we come back, I want to chat about the construction of the record. Uh, what song are we playing next? Up next is, I'm going to start with two newer ones that aren't on the album, and then I'll play two off the album. So next tune is called Wait. And let me switch guitars. Sure. You're listening to Ox Return with Chris from Human Barbie. Follow 
Listen in Ox Return uh, with Human Barbie. Um, so when you are uh, when when you had all the songs, did you did you finish writing before you started recording? <laughs> That's always a question these days. Now that everybody's uh, so capable in in their in their home environment. Yeah, yeah, I'd written. I'd written almost all of it before I started recording because I like to record and I like to produce. And so that started to meld into how I wrote songs. So I would just like come up with maybe a little bit on guitar and have a melody and then I would just walk all around or like thoughts would come when I was driving. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of knew what I wanted the songs to sound like, like broad strokes. Um... Which helped because then that let me know, all right, I'm going to need to find someone with a harpsichord and I have to get a piano. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned prior to uh, prior to us starting that you you do have kind of a different background than what we normally have in here. Well, um, what do you normally have? <laughs> not jazz basses. Uh, <laughs> uh, so does that factor into kind of how you're piecing songs together? Because I'm sure that it might be a little bit different, um, you know, having that background. Probably. I've heard a lot of producers are bassists. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's something about just like, hanging back in the band and you can observe like how all the puzzle pieces fit together right. without I think having... it's yeah maybe just about being quiet huh. <laughs> well yeah. I think it's about like yeah because you have to sit and you're listening in to make sure like the bass is what's driving the song you know at least in my opinion <laughs> absolutely I mean it's the most important and best instrument I mean I I could I don't get out of bed without <laughs> pulling my bass out but, uh, same uh uh so when you when you do have those ideas how do you, how do you document them do they oh. kind of just compartmentalize in your brain or do you that's definitely jazz ear training mm-hmm. so in jazz school or not in school if you're learning how to do that craft um in contrast to classical music in jazz you memorize everything yeah. and you transcribe and you're just dumping 
these solos and these parts note for note into your brain until you have it like encoded in your muscle memory. And because of that, I found, because I was doing that a ton during school every day, hours a day, um, like it really expanded my oral, my ability Mm -hmm. to retain information like orally. Totally. That stuff is wild. Like, yeah, I did a little bit of like transcription solos transcription and it's like it takes me so fucking long and just watching people just get it a couple listens it's like how are you doing that it gets easier <laughs> yeah i mean I, the, i'm like, sure the first the first 10 or 20 are more challenging and then it starts to become a lot easier yeah the first 10 or 20 are about you know yeah, 15 no, to I, 16 years and then yeah. the rest of them i mean you're already a pro <laughs> <laughs> or dead Oh, knock, <laughs> knock on wood. So, so then when you go to sit down, then you have you basically already have. I mean, I, I think that's where I was getting at that you already have the uh, the fully formed song in your head, and when you go to then make the song to make the final, maybe the fi- the demo going into the final product is like where you then sit down. You could basically, you know clank out the 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 foundation of the song is that how you do that or do you record little parts and then kind of form it together from the ideas that are in your head you know i just remembered when you said that i demo it to teach it to anyone else that's going to play on it so a lot of friends joined and played on, on the album um, I did the bulk of it, but I don't play drums, I don't play harpsichord, a ton of friends sang on it, some guitarists, um, saxophone is on there. So I did, I think, demo all the songs, um, okay. and then was kind of like re-fleshing out those concepts. Okay, so then so you basically, like, you sit down with the acoustic guitar, you chunk out the song, like, here's here's this to your the person that's going to play on it and then they take that and run with it a little bit and get their parts down and then you guys kind of reconvene as as like a live group together to record it or exactly but the demos are a little more in depth than that and maybe i'm just psycho or i don't know if this is my personality but i uh it's all that jazz (laughs) it's, it's all that jazz coming out uh, I want the demos to also have a vibe mm-hmm. and like be exciting to learn to and play to because I learn a song very differently if it's like someone that just like did it into a voice memo versus like a, the demos you could hear what the song was right. gonna be like mm-hmm. and I, I spent time to like track guide vocals in a way that were still compelling mm-hmm. um, and then as everything layered I think by by the end of all the tracking of the album. It was just so many generations um, that it felt pretty comfy to me. So once it, once it came time to start tracking the record, um, you'd just start piling stuff on the tape and everything is, you know, done in the tape machine and, and then dumped down into the DAW. Is that, is that the typical process per song? Yeah, I did drums first because I couldn't. I can't really move the tape machine, or I don't want to, and I can't play. Ha- Matt, my drummer um, for Human Barbie, can't play. My apartment's just not allowed. <laughs> uh, 
So we did drums to Pro Tools, and then I printed that onto tape, however many tracks that was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then everything else was like single tracked on top of that. So at that stage, that's why I knew like, oh, I need, I want piano on a couple tracks. So I have to get a piano because I'm not going to take the machine and I'm not, once the drums are on there, I'm not going to do anything digitally. How, how are you monitoring from the Fostex? There's like a, a little 16 track Mackie. And uh-huh. I was just using it for, it's just a little mixer I used for playback. Yeah, just for just for play, just for like monitor. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So then, how how maybe I'm having a hard time picturing how that works since the tape head was the same one. So how was how were you able to hear what was there? Were you ping ponging back and forth on like the three and four channel or something? It's got sixteen or... channels. No, but the the tape you have a four track tape machine, right? Oh, it's a sixteen track tape machine. Oh, okay. Well, that's why I was confused. Yeah. <laughs> I did cheat a little, though, because I've got uh, an Apollo. Um, and so I used the Apollo console as my input strips. Gotcha. Um, so you could hear what was going in, mm-hmm. and you could apply a little bit of compression or EQ on the way in, just as you would with a board or outboard. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, a little bit of like trickery before it hits the tape yeah i mean like that that's i see that more often than anything these days with anybody who's running to tape i mean i i do it with any sessions that i do to tape all whether it's an apollo 8 or an apollo twin even like i mean i mean are we doing that right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah the mci machines no not with tape but like aren't you using some on your console right now Oh no the 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 strip is clean right oh wow okay so this is the one episode where we're not doing that (laughs) right it's all outboard gear today yeah (laughs) special um but yeah i see that more often than anything you know everybody's doing their a lot of their signal processing on the way into a tape machine and then dumping that back out into pro tools or logic or whatever and then mixing mixing out to either you know a two, a two, a two track wave or or back to another tape machine mm-hmm. um and that seems to be like the vogue way to make records um it's a, definitely the way that i like to make records right now um i <laughs> yeah um I mean I kind of I kind of fib it that way a little bit. Like I'll I'll have like Pro Tools I'll I have I run stuff to tape, but I kinda of have stuff in Pro Tools, like in running multis of stems, and I'll be mixing it in Pro Tools with my mouse. Doesn't give you the same tactile feel, <laughs> but you know, I'll be mixing stuff on the fly. If I could get away with it, if I don't have to recall anything, run that to tape and then have that come back in on its own audio hmm. track record that and then that's what gets bounced out just that you know printed mix so to speak and but I'm taking that from my repro head on on mine you know after it records in mm-hmm. so and that it kind of smashes it together i mean we did you and i you had me do something on something we were working on recently mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what, fuck it, I got time. I'll do 15, I'll do 30, I'll try, you know, two different kinds of tape. And you you hear the difference, yeah, no yeah. matter what. 
No, you'll def- definitely hear the difference between 15 and 30. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no no telling. Does this? Does the Fostex have different speeds? It's preset at 30. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Um, <laughs> Expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so were you buying new old stock tape? New tape. New Brand new tape. Um, by a company called Studio Masters, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, totally. SM911. And when I had the... Uh, tape machine serviced he biased it for that tape and he was like i can change it to 15 ips but don't because it's expensive and it'll you know just i don't want to (laughs) and i was like cool you don't Uh, have to where'd you take it uh adrian yeah for sure he's amazing he's the guy in town yeah yeah he was brilliant i'm driving one over on friday tight um uh, let's let's jump to another song. Um, what are we what are we playing now? Up next is "Portrait of a Life in Bloom," and this is from the album. Um, so let me switch guitars again. Sure. not sure what it is but i've never been a, a giant fan of uh km 184 on acoustic guitar but ever since we did that last we did a last ox return session i've used km 184 on every single acoustic guitar and if if i have it a 184 um it has been i hated them i hated them for so long i don't know what it was what 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 was the go-to acoustic guitar for you, uh, this is the this is my guitar. I'm sorry, go to acoustic guitar, Mike. My mic set has weird. I guess I get very emotional about gear and like attached to stuff. Um, and I like for there to be like a story or for there to be like as much magic as possible because it inspires me. So l- much of the album, I would say, the bulk of the album was recorded with Radiohead dynamic or radio shack dynamic mics that are like 58 clones but they're a little more like mid forward yeah mm-hmm. and kind of like a little like 3d sounding or something to me and that was my acoustic mic but they're emotional and magic because those were oh my dad has a, had a blues band for years and years called the banner blues band and the 60 minute blues band before that and this, it, it's their like live sound setup. Mm. So it's all the beer on all of them, <laughs> right? There, it's seasoned and caked with like Wyoming bar smoke. Mm-hmm. And it's like a cast iron, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, they've got the vibe. They've got the acoustic vibe. That's way cool. Uh, can, can like, are they? Can you still buy those mics? Well, I not, mean, not those ones. Probably They're, on reverb. Not for sale. I mean, no, not those. <laughs> I'm just like I see like Ra- Radio Shack is like selling kits and stuff now that look really cool, huh? Like I saw. I thought you didn't have social media. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> I'm caught. You've been outed. Uh, no, my wife showed me, dude. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, no, I've seen like Radio Shack has kits that are that are super cool. Um, 
Oh, maybe they want and to take some advertising like, out with us. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe they... I, like, we can restore they, their business. Yeah, do they... If, I mean, <laughs> well, apparently there's a, there's a need for their microphones in the world. I mean, I would build a kit. I don't, yeah. Fries is gone. Radio Shack's time to shine. Uh, didn't Radio Shack go to business? or me? I don't know about these things. I don't know. I think... I, I, I think they did go out of business, but the f- certain franchises like stayed open and are privately owned or something awesome. like that. So I doubt that they would be able to manufacture, you know, like a radio, like a Radio Shack branded microphone. Well, we could go into business manufacturing cheap microphones. But... <laughs> <laughs> I think that that uh, it's cornered. It's, yeah, I think that, yeah. that's been cornered. I have one of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. What are we playing next? Oh, uh, Portrait of a Life Port- in Bloom. Right. All right. You're listening to Ox Return with Human Barbie. You know, I, li- I like this mic just fine. <laughs> yeah. I think it sounds great. Portrait of a Life in Bloom Pretty now, forgotten soon Growing now, quickly fade away Fortunate and fancy free Happy with our company Knowing that it's only for today Is it even real? I don't trust anything I feel but I'm happy to believe it anyway Pictures of the perfect you Post them cause you wanted to On a thing that isn't really there Look around and see your friends Open up and be with them Cause maybe this is all gonna get Is it even real? I don't trust anything I feel But I'm happy to believe it anyway Is it even real? I don't trust anything I feel But I'm happy to believe it anyway Soon move the world and vanish in a day. Echoes of an ocean song. Listen up, it won't be long. Loving us with nothing left to say. Is it even real? I don't trust anything I feel. But I'm happy to believe it anyway Is it even real? I don't trust anything I feel But I'm happy to believe it anyway
Sometimes uh, when I'm listening to this record, I forget that it's a record that was made last year. <laughs> like it, it feels like a record that was made in like 1969 or 1968 a lot of the time. And I think that, you know, a lot of that comes from your workflow and how that how that comes. And obviously, you know, the instrumentation and, and um, the configuration of the instruments for sure. Um, but you mentioned that there is not a single uh, non-acoustic instrument on the record. Yeah, exactly. Um, everything is recorded with a mic. Um, so my friend Arthur played harpsichord. Um, did that beforehand along with drums, and that went onto the tape. Um, but everything I mic'd amp mic'd an amp brought in weird bells and like uh all the percussion i played in i mean i got so much better at tambourine <laughs> throughout the course of those months oh my god uh not an easy instrument no not at all <laughs> to play or shaker god and you'd be like You'd have like the perfect shaker thing, and then you'd like mess up the last part because it's hard to like start and stop a shaker. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you talking about? Just, but just pull it over, fly it over, <laughs> fly over that end. <laughs> Some of it even uh, there's like this Leslie uh, vocal thing that happens on "We Disappeared," which is the first song on the album, and I don't have a Leslie cabinet, but I do have this pedal, so I ran it stereo to two amps in the room and tried to match the tones and did the two mics on two channels and like sang into it live so so are all the is all the effects is that all uh, mechanical i guess for lack of a better phrase like how did you get effects on on this effects are all i have three springs uh two of them are in an amp i can swap out like long or short and another one is like a rack unit it's mm. like a fixed length so any stereo verb is spring, the uh, two long springs, like hard left, hard right. Mm -hmm. And then I got a, I think I, I got like a commercial placement for something like Toyota, like a, like a Spanish language Toyota commercial mm -hmm. on like some weird commercial music I'd written. And I used that to buy a Echoplex EP3. Mm. Um so there's a lot of like tape delay, and so all the ambience is mechanical. Mm -hmm. um, so those those ones that were in the spring. So basically, you were it was reamping your effects in a way, right? The spring I used as sends. Okay. And so I figured out a way. If you like, and the amp with the verb, the spring in it. If you there's a jack on the back right. for reverb. The pedal. effects loop. I don't think it's an effects loop. I think it's okay. for the for the pedal or something. But when you plug into it, it it must be the effects an effects loop. So was the amp blasting sound out, or was it just going into the the tank? It just goes into the tank, oh. and then I killed the speaker by plugging in a headphone. Okay. <laughs> just because, yeah. Yeah. So. So you're just printing printing the the spring or the tape echo as a send right exactly. onto mm. onto a channel on the tape. Uh, at, so that at that point was I had run out of channels on the tape. Mm. Um, so I used I think seventeen. One of them is like funky or something. Um, and then 
did the effect sends from mixing in Logic. I mixed uh-huh. it all in Logic. So then I had like infinite effects. So sure. I did kind of cheat there. <laughs> uh, but didn't use them. I didn't use infinite. I I tried to stay, you know, tasteful. tasteful. <laughs> Jinx. <Right. laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wanted everything to feel real to me. It does, mm-hmm. dude. Yeah. Like, it very much does. Like, did you did you do any re like it feels like it almost feels like you did research about some of the techniques that were used like back then yeah a little bit i read some stuff about like motown and i read uh god that amazing article you probably have both have read it by uh gabriel roth called shitty is pretty mm-hmm. that he wrote like early in his career yeah um i think it, it maybe like in the 60s, still, they were figuring out how to record things, and like they were kind of primitive, and they were kind of like naive and not that great at, at it yet. In a lot of cases, and there weren't there weren't sixteen track machines, <laughs> exactly. And so I think my also being like somewhat inept and like self taught and like still figuring out like how you do albums or mm. whatever um, resonates with that mm-hmm. era in a weird way as well. Yeah, I think I've often thought about it too because, like, it, on the face value, you know, you you want to think that like that time they were still figuring everything out, but everything was so rigidly like scientific, hmm. you know, like they knew the physics behind what they were doing, but at the same time you're still figuring it out. So like, it's this weird kind of like I guess not weird, but it was like this fine line between like knowing exactly what to do and also breaking what to do. But then also having such limited, like you would, you would have to wait for whatever we could just now download, you know, like, so they'd have to like commission a unit to get built to solve a problem. You know what I mean? So like, it almost seems like more of an issue to like, try, like, let's just figure this out here. We know what's wrong with it. We'll work around it. And that's kind of what it sounds like you were working with because you had the finite amount of stuff that you wanted to use. Like, you disregarded everything, you know, that could come. Mm-hmm. And that's why it was kind of like that same way of recording because, you know. I feel like that's the best place to be. Yeah. Like, to be right at the edge of, like, needing more stuff. Like, or or even needing more stuff and, like, can't get it. Well, we were talking about it before we started where, you know we all kind of have the mentality where like, like you said about the microphones and I have some gear that I've gotten attached to Tristan has things and we're, you know, have somewhat limited means, but you know, we were talking about it, how, you know, we know somebody that's able to just kind of like, Oh, I just used that for this record and then just sold it and then got this other thing to use this. Like, it's like these two schools of, of, you know, ability, uh, ability. And it's like, you know, not really saying anything's better or not, no. but you know, it's Yeah. I have been, like, privileged to play with a lot of different groups and been present for recording in a lot of different settings. And I think what I took away, have taken away from that is I'm not going to be an all-around engineer. I'm not going to be the guy that Mm -hmm. can, can do anything. It's much more appealing to me to work on, to have, like, a limited set of tools that I know well and, like... I really resonate with and I, I know how to do a sound and maybe slowly expand 
on that as you know as the music requires Mm -hmm. absolutely i mean that's how i wish my world could be (laughs) except (laughs) like world can be this way (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean like i walk into places and it's like well well like so like this is broken today (laughs) Uh, channel six never works there's never channel six nope so like we don't have any reverbs uh okay like how do we make a live reverb from the daw pass through the console and like figuring that like that stuff is super fun to me you break something else to make (laughs) i mean like that's the part of engineering that is like that solution uh problem solution thing that is like i live for that shit like and and like on the other side like knowing exactly how things are going to be every day Mm -hmm. when you walk in like is super fun too i'm sure you can't have the satisfaction of fixing something if it doesn't break so you break it on purpose (laughs) so you allow it to break and then you fix it naturally and then you know a year down the road when it's finally fixed then you're like man we did good today (laughs) uh let's play one more song and then we'll uh We'll come back and we'll we'll say goodbyes and um, what are we playing next? Uh, next is "We Disappeared," which is the first song on the album. It's on Bandcamp. Eight bucks. Pick it up. It'll help me out a ton. This is maybe the last era where you can like get a file and like have it on your computer. So they'll be it'll be almost nostalgic, um, in a sense, to to buy a digital album. So let's share that experience together. <laughs> it is a must-have, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, thank you. Um, you've been listening to Human Barbie on Ox Return. Please uh, go to his Bandcamp uh, and check out the record "Get a Life," um, uh, released back in the fall. Um, it's a great record, and uh, don't miss it. A boy met a girl. When he rang a little bell in a lullaby The girl raised her hand Singing, catch me if you can And they both disappeared In the ring of my ears Love
nothing ever changed He forgot about the girl And let the laughter drift away Till once on a night He perceived a little light In the corridor The girl raised a lamp And she took him by the hand And we both disappeared Yeah, we both disappeared We both disappeared Yeah, we both disappeared Awesome. Thank you. So you have the album out now. What's coming up for the rest of this year? I know it's hard to predict at this point. <laughs> Do you have any plans for uh, the, the upcoming near future? Oh, absolutely. Well, like I said, Life of Ed is ongoing. That's right. a mm-hmm. cinematic companion to the album um, that uh, I'm recording, uh, filming with uh, Justin Placenti and Ed Matuzzi. And... Uh, there are going to be six more episodes, six videos for six songs on the album. That'll be coming out this spring. Cool. Where can they find those again? YouTube. YouTube. Human Human Barbie YouTube. I think you probably need to look for Human Barbie Band or Human Barbie Life of Ed, because it, otherwise it might bring you to that Ukrainian model. I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> Which I did find in, in this. Uh... Which maybe you want to plug that, because then it'll get that to you. One day we'll meet. Yeah. Uh huh. It'll be if, on the suggested on the side. At some point, it'll be interchangeable. You'll be looking for her. You'll find me. Yep. And you'll be so happy you did. <laughs> so any anything else aside from that? Yeah, I'm recording an EP, um, and then I kind of have the next LP written in my head, but I want to record a little EP that's kind of like a, a breather. Yeah, breather, a little vignette, a little. It's a. It's more like shoegaze, mm-hmm. a little more n- like '90s shoegaze writing. It'll still be very like produced in a similar way. Um, so that should be an interesting combo. Very cool. So they can find you on Instagram at the Real Human Barbie. That's right. Um, Human Barbie on Facebook. Uh, just don't go to Facebook. Don't I'm, go to, I'm not on there. Okay, well we're on there too, and nobody follows us, so don't go to <laughs> Facebook for us either. <laughs> we're Ox Return A U X underscore R T N on Instagram. On you can find us on YouTube at Ox Return. Uh, we're on all the podcast platforms. No matter how you're listening to us, listen to us more. Like us. Subscribe. Do it. Ask an underwear company to sponsor us, or a, to- or a subscription-based toothpaste company. I don't mm. know. <laughs> Yeah, and if you if you are listening to 
to the show on the podcast form. We do do the show live, in person, streamed, uh, and you can check that out on our YouTube channel. And do not miss that. It's a barrel of laughs. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Chris, for coming Yo! out and playing for us. Thanks to uh, Big Ego for having us uh, and uh, providing all of the wonderful gear. Um, Thanks for having me, guys. You rock. Yeah. This is a blast. Thanks. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, dude. Thanks Thanks so much for coming out. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. And we'll have to get you back in sometime when we can have full band and oh, we'll yeah. have a new effort. You know, we're we're holding off on getting everyone together in a room right. um, for obvious reasons, but yep. I love the band. Um, God, they're so awesome. I can't uh, wait to to fire up the show lp2 we'll 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 do this all again with a with a live band Mm -hmm. sick i can't wait all right you've been uh, listening to ox return with human barbie thanks for hanging out guys